Alright you savages, it's bonus episode time. This week we are featuring the Mad Scientist podcast with the first part of their time travel series. Listen and notice the lack of inclusion of my exploits through time and know they suck. But hey they tried so give them a follow and tell them I sent you. I hope you hate it. Alright. Excellent. Oh, 2021. What a time. Hey, good night, everybody. We'll see you later. All right. This episode, we're talking about time. And eventually we'll talk about time travel. But first, we got to get through a whole bunch of stuff. Give me awesome listeners. We hope you're ready. So Especially I, I when you position it like that. We got to so get good. through a so bunch I, of stuff. I really like this quote from Michio mm-hmm. Kaku, which is he was interviewed in Time Magazine. And actually, the concept that we're the concepts we're going to be talking about here today i actually got introduced to for the first time as a high schooler reading books by michio kaku um, and brian mm-hmm. green and and um mm-hmm. you know some other like mm-hmm. kind of pop popular science physics mm-hmm. writers mm-hmm. and so here's the quote quote there is a loophole in einstein's equation that even einstein realized was there in einstein's equation time is a river it speeds up it meanders and it slows down The new wrinkle is that it can have whirlpools and forks into two rivers. So if the river of time can be bent into a pretzel, create whirlpools and forks into two rivers, then time travel cannot be ruled out. End quote. I love that you were introduced to this author and you're, I thought I was hundred percent sure you were going to say in high school when we listened, uh, when we went to go see like laser Floyd at the planetarium. Yeah, That would have been awesome. I would have been super into that, especially considering how much weed I smoked as a high schooler. We didn't Um, do that door. Ignore that. No, ignore that door. Okay. So time travel itself is a really fascinating concept and it makes appearances in literature, movies, TVs, and popular science for some time. Often, there are a lot of tropes that play into this, built up over decades from the very first time travel story. But as we learn more about physics, and specifically the weirdness of Einstein's general relativity, and the unexpected statistical world of quantum mechanics, time travel appears to quickly move from science fiction to potential science reality. But where did this idea come from? How did it develop over time? And what does science really have to say about it today? That, dear listeners, is what we're going to go into in this series on time and time travel. Okay. So, Marie. Yes. Time travel. Time I'm ready. Time to understand time travel. We first need to understand what the hell time is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. time travel in sort of the abstract. When people think about time travel today, they mostly think about it in terms of, well, Einstein's general relativity seems to suggest that time is not constant. It is affected by kind of the physical situations you find yourself in. Yes. But that is a really recent development, as you can imagine. And we haven't always thought about time in that way, even though we've been thinking about what time is and how to define it and how to measure it and how, you know, what it actually means physically. We've been thinking about that for a, for a very, very, very long time. So, but I, I think a lot of listeners maybe mm-hmm. haven't, or most people, frankly, 
haven't ever really considered just what makes time so weird compared to other things that we like measure and we use in our daily life to describe physical systems. Yes. So when you can imagine that if you're a scientist or a natural philosopher, as they would have been called back before, you know, science itself, science properly existed. Uh You can imagine that being able to understand when things happen, like trying to be trying to be able to predict when things happen is a really powerful result of study of the world. Mm-hmm. So some of the earliest things that we used science really and, and observation of the world to do was to try to predict, you know, when the rains would come or when a certain star would be in the sky or any other number of kind of events that happened yeah. regularly. Cause people are drawn towards repetition. Right. And so, pe- right. Yeah. yeah. And so you people repeat something and measure it. Yeah. So, People from as long as we've sort of had measurement for as, as long as we've tried to measure things, there has always been this sort of like measuring something statically is different than measuring it dynamically. And what I mean by that is. So, OK, you have 15 cattle. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out. um how quickly you can breed them as you don't have 15 male cattle, you have 15, you know, cattle of, of varying male and female. Right. So you're trying to, you're trying to out so far. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're trying to figure out, well, if I want to get more of these, I have to grow my herd. Yes. Right. Like I'm, I'm going to kill one of these for food, right? I'm going to slaughter one of these for food. So Mm how, how quickly can I slaughter them? Like how regularly can I slaughter them? but still be sure that my cows are going to be replenishing themselves. Yes. So that means you need to have some standard by which you measure time. So you're measuring cattle, but you also need to measure the rate at which cattle grow in some way. Yes. It's like, like it's a future event. You have to anticipate a future event. Exactly. Yes. And so some of the earliest sort of thoughts about time were thoughts about when events actually happened. So you can think that the two most common daily events that happen to us that appear to be cyclical are, are what? Sunrise, sunrise sunset. and sunrise and sunset. Yeah. Right. And on the other side, moonrise and moonset. Yes. Most cultures, or at least I shouldn't say most cultures, but the earliest methods of counting time were based on the moon because the moon not only had sort of their moon rise and then moon set, but the moon also had phases that also regularly occurred. So you could create not just like a single, you know, okay, you know, sunrise, sunset sort of measurement, but you could measure longer periods of time based on the moon phases themselves. Interesting. Yes. And on top of that, it appeared that after a certain number of moon phases, the weather would change. Right. Mm -hmm. Pretty predictably every Mm -hmm. year, right? A new season would happen. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, other things seem to be affected by the moons as well. Right. So you could now measure if you wanted to know, well, how many cattle can I slaughter 
or, or how frequently could I slaughter cattle? You now would know, well, it takes, say, you know, whatever it is, 180 moon cycles for uh, a yes. cattle to be born. Yes. For Yes, exactly. So you suddenly have an ability to measure and sort of note the passage of time, but also the distance between objects in time or the distance between events in time. Yes, both of them. Yes, but that's I'm but that's you. kind I'm of weird, right? Because other things we measure, right? Let's let's think about um, let's think about distance, right? Okay. Okay, Marie. Chris, I want you to think about a physical like a system. Imagine okay. we're watching okay. a ball travel down Niagara Falls a slope. Okay. No. Okay. All right. No, All something right. simple, right. Right? like All a right. hill. Uh, a ball right. is falling fine, down fine, a hill. Fine. 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 Yes. Ball okay. is rolling downhill. Ball, okay. A ball is rolling downhill. Mm-hmm. 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 What are some of the measurements you would want to take if you wanted to describe that ball going down the hill? Well, is it a very steep hill or is it sort of not a steep hill? So that- okay, so you'd you'd want the distance, right? So you'd want like the angle. height of the hill want the and the angle of the hill. Of the hill. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I would want. If the, yeah, in the distance of the hill, is it a very short hill or is it a very long hill? Okay, so you'd kind of want the full distance traveled for the ball yes. on the hill. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, okay. How big the ball is. Sure. How big the ball is. Yeah. How much it weighs. Does that maybe? Yeah. How much it weighs much matters. It weighs. Sure. Um, what What is it rolling on? Is there friction? Okay, yeah, the surface, surface. like, are there any other stuff? Is there any yep. other stuff happening yes. to the is ball that's slowing it down yeah. or changing it? Is there it? wind or is, sure. yeah, all that stuff. That's what I would okay. measure. Yes. And, well, there's one other thing you forgot to measure. Oh, God, what? Time. Time. Which is, oh. <laughs> you forgot to measure time. Oh, it's slippery. Now, slippery time. Here's, here's something interesting. <laughs> all of the things you mentioned so far, besides time, mm-hmm. All have initial reference points. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, when we're looking for like the distance between, when we're like, for example, when we're looking at the the height of the slope, let's say, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You would set some point on that slope as zero meters. Mm-hmm. And then you would measure up to the top of it, and then that would be some distance, like let's say it's a meter tall. Yes. Right? Yes. For the mass of the ball, you could say, well, you know, the ball is 30 grams, let's say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And for all those other things, the angle, whatever, you could have no angle, right? You could have no mass. You could have no distance. You could have no length. Right. Or breadth or, or whatever. Right. In all of those cases, then, the physical system still makes sense, even if you're missing some component of it. So, in other words, if there was no mass to the ball, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that wouldn't make sense for our scenario here. But you could imagine a situation where there is zero mass to the ball. Right. There's just no ball there. Right? You can right. have no mass. Right. 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 You could have no slope. You could have no. So mm-hmm. you can have zero of those other quantities. Right. But then there would be no the ball only, to roll down. No hill. So 
Right. And then we're really sad. The only one of the measurements you can't really have none of uh-huh. is time. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, okay. That's a little bit philosophical. So let's take a more, a more simple example. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's say you have grapes. You have a bundle of grapes. Okay. A bunch of grapes. Yes. A bunch of grapes. Yes. And you want to know, um, you just want to know how many grapes you have. Yes. Right. So you can start counting the grapes mm-hmm. and each unit of grape is independent of the previous unit. Right. Like the number of grapes, like it doesn't, you can, again, you can have no grapes. You can have one grape. You can have two grapes. You can have three grapes. They're easily countable in in that kind of way. They're quantifiable. Right. Yes. They're quantifiable. Yes. Time though, isn't like that. So in other words, what, what I mean, I guess there's no starting point for time. There's no ultimate, like absolute reference unit for time. So in other words, Time can only be measured as the difference between two events. But that's not how you think about like the number of grapes. Right. Right. You don't think of like one grape as being the difference between, say, zero grapes and one grape. Right. Right. No, it's an absolute. It is an absolute quantity. It's like one. Right. You're counting grapes. One grapes. There's not. It doesn't begin. And end, it doesn't begin as something and end as something else. It's one grape. Exactly. Yeah. Now, in physics and in kind of thermodynamics and, you know, just generally measuring of things, we have some absolute reference units. So, a good example of this is like temperature. Mm-hmm. So, if you have zero degrees Kelvin, if you reach absolute zero, that's defined as there being. That's defined as there being no motion at all. Sorry. Uh Right. There's no more motion of, of molecules. Yes. But again, there is no reference point for time, right? There is no zero seconds. There is no absolute. There is no like, there's no zero. There is no, there is no absolute zero for time. Right. That's, that's, that's odd. That's really weird. That's not, that's not at all what we expect from physical quantities. Oh, right. So that's that's one weird thing about time. The other weird thing about time or one of the other weird things about time is that it appears to be irreversible. Uh, So in other words, uh uh time uh only ever flows. Seemingly in one direction. Right. Now, in the example of us rolling the ball down the hill, Mm -hmm. right? Mm hmm. We could start the ball rolling down the hill, mm-hmm. right? We could just kind of let it roll mm-hmm. and it would roll down. And then if we wanted to, we could hit the ball with enough kinetic energy at the bottom of the hill. That is exactly equal to the amount of potential energy it had at the top of the hill. Right. Right. So potential energy is like how much energy essentially it's defined as the amount of energy it would have if it hit the bottom of the hill. <laughs> um, but in a perfect system, right, right? The amount of energy the ball gives falling down the hill or the amount of energy the ball um, gains as it falls down the hill, uh-huh. we could hit it with the same amount of energy in the opposite direction. Right. And it would reverse back up the hill and stop. Right. Right. right? So in that system, 
we could, in theory, reverse it, right? We, right. we have a physically reversible system. But you're system. not reversing the time. You're reversing the, the expenditure of energy. Right. So time, yeah. time is a weird system whereby even though we can seemingly reverse everything else about a system, you know, we mm-hmm. could uh, we could reverse our, our motions and we can reapply energy the opposite direction. And mm-hmm. right, we could do all these other things to get our system back to almost what it was like before mm-hmm. or to replicate events. You, yeah, you can never get back to earlier time frames. This is yep. Yup. That's also super duper weird. Yup. So when sort of ancient philosophers and, and early scientists started thinking about time, they had to kind of, they kind of had to grapple with these really weird concepts, concepts that today are still weird to us. Yeah. So time has no definite reference point. Right. As far as as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. And time is irreversible. It never it never seems to go back to its initial starting point. Right. Because it doesn't have one. But, but you can imagine that that wasn't always seen as being the case. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example. Because you can't measure time from a starting reference point, mm-hmm. time is always time has to be measured by the distance in time between events. Yes. So the earliest ways to measure time were from, were essentially from uh, repetitive or cyclical events. So the earliest time measuring methods were based on the rise and fall of the sun or the moon, and most often the moon. But some cultures thought, well, okay, but even though time, like everything else is reversible. I can go 15 meters down the street and then I can come back 15 meters back to my starting point. Mm -hmm. So even though time appears to be reversible or even though time appears to be irreversible, right? I can't get younger by walking backwards in time or moving backwards in time. Right. Maybe time isn't, it's not reversible, but maybe it's cyclical, right? So maybe time, like just like the seasons repeat, And just like the day and night cycle repeats and just like the faces of the moon repeat and just like uh, the raising of uh, the rising and death of animals that I Uh I have on my farm Uh Uh and the growing of crops and everything else. Just like all of that is cyclical. What if human endeavors were cyclical too? nation? What difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some? Weird online thing. I know I took two years in high school and two years in college, and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor, and we use it, Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. (laughs) I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, it's like. What are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing value. 
lifetime membership has all 25 languages available. For any trips you need language in life, you need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary, and they're from uh, somewhere else, somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that, and there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. A today. Wouldn't that make sense if everything else in nature seems to be cyclical in time? Well, only because the only measurement or the only um, observable thing would be the human endeavors. It's not the time itself. It's what happens during the time, right, is, would have to be cyclical. Not necessarily. No. So you're saying the time right? itself would, ha- would be cyclical as well. Because, like, um, so imagine, right? Um, I'm imagining. Before there were humans, there were animals having, like, before human history, before we noticed it, there were animals having, uh, having young and then dying, right? Yes. Before we were here, dinosaurs. Um, it's easy to imagine yes. a time when there was, <laughs> yes, you know, when there was, uh, dinosaurs? you know, there were still, there were still dinosaurs, dinosaurs. or cyclical nature. That's right. There was still the seasons going on and on. Right, right. Mass right? extinction events. Yeah, man. So it's not necessarily the case that time has to be linear either, right? Uh-huh. A lot of cultures thought, well, maybe it's cyclical. Maybe it happens in kind of a repetitive way. How would that work, though? How would those things, like how, so an event repeats based on a repetitive pattern. So what is, what, what would that even look like? So for example, right? Uh-huh. So um, civilizations rise and fall in one cycle. So... We start off living in villages mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. growing crops and stuff and having animals and everything. And then we ultimately develop into a civilization with a king and whatever. And then a massive war happens or a plague or a meteor or whatever. And we go back to time zero. And then it starts again. Uh, all right. Oh, all right. Maybe. But then. Right. Wouldn't so it have to have be exactly our, the same? I mean, doesn't that if time is repeating, wouldn't that have to, wouldn't all events have to be exactly the same? Well, that's why some cultures had things like the idea that you could remove yourself from the cycle, right? Uh, you could, uh, uh, you could ascend, you could achieve Nirvana. You oh, could, you, you could, could step the out loop. of the yeah. repetitive cycle right. of, of earth and it's, it's stuff. Okay. Okay. So it's, Digging different it. than in the West today, how we view time, mm-hmm. but it's sort of equally possible because right? time, because time has no, in some ways, actually, it's almost weirder for us to think of time the way we do now because time has no set reference point, right? There's no starting point for time. Right, right, right. And so setting one at like, say the big bang or whatever, that's kind of arbitrary as far as we can tell. Yeah, we're oh, just yeah. measuring yeah. back to a time when there was no mass, or there was no right energy or gotta, whatever. Got to start you know? somewhere. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. these two things have really made people want to kind of theorize and philosophize about time in the way that we just did. 
But what's more interesting about time kind of to our modern day theories or our modern day viewpoint is using it to do using it to describe physical systems and therefore using it to predict the outcomes of physical events. Which is what we today call mathematics. But in, you know, the the 1300s would have gotten us hung Mm -hmm. for being Mm -hmm. um, warlocks and witches. witches. Oh, okay. (gasps) Those were the days. So (sighs) let's say, Marie, Mm -hmm. that we figure out a way to measure the amount of time between one moment to another, and we call it the second. Okay. okay. And we use to get that measurement, we have a standard, uh, we have a standard, you know, object that we use that kind of cycles back and forth, and we know that that's what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, a lot of early time. It's going to take a lot of, lot of buy in from a lot of people to right. agree on that. It's, well, okay. We have our own mathematics, Marie, because we're way too cool. Right. right. Uh, that's true. So, yeah. actually, that's a really good point. Imagine yeah, right. the difficulty, right? So, you can agreeing on the second. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like me and you, right. I could say mm-hmm. this is how big a foot is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I can just give you the, you know, a, a thing that's the length of a foot and say, okay, this is from now on what we mean by a foot. And you can distribute that across the land. Yeah. How the hell do you distribute you a second? Or just agree on it. Like, how would you agree on what a second is? Because that's, again, really arbitrary. Yes, like it's foot, completely like said, arbitrary. Things, things grow in feet. Things, you know, you can experience things and in, in, in measure things in foot, feet. But you can't, you know, a second. Yeah, no. And then how would you agree on it? How would you even socialize that out without some kind of mechanism? Some of the earliest ways of doing that were by using dynamical systems. Now, what I mean by a dynamic system is we've already described some dynamic systems, right? The ball Mm -hmm. falling down the hill or the sun and moon rising in the sky. Those are all Mm -hmm. dynamic systems. A dynamic Mm -hmm. system is essentially any physical system that has a component to it that varies in time. Yes. So like a static system happens irregardless of the time frame or how long it happens. But a dynamic system is affected by and reliant on time as a measurement. So anytime there's any kind of change or movement or anything, it's a dynamic system. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. One simple dynamic system we've already mentioned is the sun and the moon rising. Mm-hmm. We can, by that measure, define pretty big amounts of time, right? We can measure and mm-hmm. say, this is approximately what a day is equal to, right? It's the time between you know, sunrise and sunset. Yes. Um, And then moonrise and moonset, let's say. Right. So I can define mm-hmm. how long a day is and how long a night is. However, mm-hmm. because of the way that the sun travels, the, the, you know, because of the way that the earth travels the sun, I should say the mm-hmm. length of time actually meant by a day and a night changes over the course of the year. Sure does. So as ancient astronomers started mm-hmm. finding that, okay, we have this length of time we're going to call a day and a length of time we call a night. They also noticed that over the course of, of subsequent days and nights, those, the length of the two seem to vary. 
Yes. And so the way you could create this reference point is, for example, okay, I have, uh, I know how long a day is, right? Right now, I know mm-hmm. how long a day mm-hmm. is. I am going mm-hmm. to set up a system where the amount of time it takes for my system to go through one process in full is the length of a day. So maybe my my system is a candle. So I have a super big candle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that burns down mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You have to have a lot of candles, but yes, okay. I'm with you. So that's I'm one I could do, right? I could you. do that. Yeah. Another one I could do uh-huh. is I could make what's called a water clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how long does it take to fill up a bucket? Mm-hmm. And so I could mm-hmm. say, okay, well, this river flowing, I know that a day is the time it takes to get from the bottom of the bucket to the top of the bucket. Exactly. And I can use the flow of other stuff too. I could use hourglass. Exactly. I could use sand, right? If I know that this amount of sand, it has to pass through this thing in one day, I'm going to need a big ass hourglass, right? I mean, a comically huge hourglass (laughs) or very viscous sand, but I can actually get a unit of measurement. Yes. It's from those sorts of measurements that then you could say, okay, well, if I know that this bucket is one day, that if I had like say twelve buckets, I could break up the day into little bits, and I could break oh, okay, those bits okay. into smaller bits, and smaller bits, and smaller bits, and smaller bits. Hmm. Hmm. But again, we still have this problem where time is kind of we're measuring it, right? We're measuring it, and we have kind of a set standard of it. Hmm. That's not very elegant. It's not very elegant, and we're not really using it yet in an interesting way. Right. We're just trying and to capture it. Yeah. That's what we're going to get into in our next section. <gasps> oh, I was just getting into it. I know. Me too. I was all, all, right. I was all in the time travel. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. So now, Marie, we oh, are. Wait, I thought you meant next section as in next episode. No, 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 no. How was no. long? Where, what time are we at? We're only at like 20 minutes. Okay, good. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay. Cut it. All right. Never. All right. Okay. Okay. All right, so Marie, we are stupidly burdened with sand and water and hourglasses now. God, and and cattle and crops and the days seem like they're getting shorter. The nights are longer. We're freaking out. It's a a mess. Freaking out over here. It's a complete mess. Right? Yes. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're able to do some science, though. Mm. All right. Let's look about at time, some dude. About time. It's finally, it's about time. Okay. <laughs> Let's say I want to measure a physical event. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's use the most let's use the most uh, famous example of all time from science, which is Newton's apple falling to the ground. Ah, okay. All right. Yes. If I wanted to understand how the apple falls, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to know, like, well, how long does it actually take, or, or how does the apple fall? Like, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To understand that system, I need to have an understanding of time as well. Yes. And so I need essentially to start formulating mathematics or physical representations of these systems that I'm working in that include time in some way. Yes. So for example, 
I know that if I throw an apple up into the air, like if I throw an apple up into the air, Marie, what happens to it? Like describe its flight path to me. So the apple goes up into the air and then it comes back down. All right. So mm-hmm. it, it goes up in the air. Check. Really quickly. Mm-hmm. Then it seems to slow down. Mm-hmm. And Almost it, pause and then it stops down. at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to come down again. Yes. If we were to measure the speed at the bottom, the speed that I threw it up at, mm-hmm. and then the speed that it came down at, those two speeds would be about the same, but they would be in opposite directions. So in other words, I throw it up at 20 meters per second because I'm like a monster thrower, mm-hmm. and then it <laughs> falls down at 20 meters per second. Right. Um, right? Roughly the equivalent, yes. Roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. So... It appears then that there is some. If I just measured the distance that it fell, that isn't really enough information for me, right? Because it just goes up, it goes up a certain height, and then it comes down. Right. If I include time, though, suddenly I can measure a lot of other interesting things. So, for example, how quickly is the apple moving at any given time? Mm -hmm. Right, which is what we call velocity. Yes. So the apple goes up. And as it goes up, its velocity decreases, it stops, and then it starts to come down again. Right. Okay. So velocity, then, I'm going to define as how far something can travel in any given unit of time. Yes. So it's I'm like, how, how many meters is the apple going per second? Right? hmm Now, something, though, seems to be happening where as I throw the apple up, the velocity goes down. Then it stops, and then the velocity mm-hmm. increases as, as it falls back mm-hmm. to the Earth. So what is affecting it to make it slow down? And Not only stop. that, right, what is, what? first off, what is the force that's stopping yes. it? Right, because something is stopping the apple. What yes. the hell is stopping it? That's what is really stopping confusing. It? You just, especially with your, your, your massive arm, you should have been able to just like, throw it, and it should just keep going. Oh, God, I'm a monster. 20 meters per second is an what insane speed insane. for an apple. You're a monster. It should just Crazy. keep going. It right? should just keep going. Yes. Um, Something stopped it. Yeah, for our for our bum, listeners, bum. for our listeners here, um, twenty meters per second is forty four miles per hour. Right, wow. I'm like throwing, I'm throwing the apple pretty fast. You know, not like, like pitcher like, fast, but like, that's know, not bad. That's not if I bad. trained up, I'd be getting there. Um, what if I wanted to describe the rate? So I I have something that I have already described as the rate of change of the distance, basically. Right, it's the distance mm-hmm. traveled per second. What if I wanted to describe something as the rate of change of velocity? Okay. So I want to say, I'm going to call something the difference between the velocity at any given moment of time, right? So the distance, the difference in velocity between point one and point two in time. Right. And during time, there's different velocity. It's not the same velocity. For exactly. All so my velocity is ch- yeah. so my velocity is changing over time, and the rate mm-hmm. of that change, I'm going to call acceleration. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <clears throat> now, what's really weird? What's 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 almost uh, almost mind bogglingly weird, or mind boggy in. Either way, mind bogging weird. Mind boggingly weird. Is, yes. If I looked at the force 
that I threw the apple with. Oh, okay. Right. So how much how much energy I gave the apple to throw it? Mm-hmm. It turns out. So okay, I can measure that acceleration now, right? Yes. So you have an equation for it. Yes. That acceleration appears to be the same, regardless of the object. Oh. Okay. That's really weird. That is weird. That's like super weird, right? Right, right. Regardless of it going up, coming down, no matter what the object is, is the acceleration is the same. Yeah, that's like really weird. That's peculiar. And the only things that seem to happen is that the the distance that the object changes, mm-hmm. or rather, the the distance that the object goes up. Hmm changes so the distance that it goes before it stops in midair changes mm-hmm. and the mass of the object seems to have a relationship to that hmm. okay but that acceleration is constant that's super duper strange that is now that i know that acceleration is constant mm-hmm. i seem to have hit on something Fundamental about the universe, huh. right? No matter mm-hmm. where I am on mm-hmm. Earth, apparently, right? And I'm I'm Isaac Newton, so I've only been to like three countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, it doesn't matter what object I use. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really seem to matter where I am, how high up in the sky I am, or mm-hmm. low to the ground. Mm-hmm. If I measure the velocity of an object in free fall. I find that it is accelerating at 9.8 meters per second squared. Huh. Always. That's always. On Never Earth. changes. Never Crazy. changes. Crazy. That's extremely weird. That's so weird. And so. That actually is kind of weird if you think about very it. Weird. That's, that's really strange. Like, why? <laughs> okay. So yeah. what this seems to suggest mm-hmm. is that all of those physical quantities that we've been measuring. Mm-hmm. Including the really weird one time, mm-hmm. they must be linked to the foundations of the universe somehow, right? Because otherwise, how is it possible that there's this constant? It's always the same. Yeah, like that, right? There, we've glimpsed into God's plan for the universe. <sighs> That's some trippy stuff. Isn't that it's weird? Trippy. That's getting trippy. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that is strange. That is strange. It's very strange. I'm with you. And so the foundations of science basically start out with this idea that measurement itself is not it's not referential. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it doesn't matter how you measure stuff. And even if we had defined the second in a different way. Like if we had said that a second was like, you know, the actual second was 10. Yeah, it was a minute, but we've been uh-huh. calling it a second. Uh-huh. We would still find ultimately that there is some constant for the acceleration of gravity on Earth. No and matter it would what. Be, and yeah. it would be right. No matter what. No matter so what it we doesn't, use for it. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't really matter what language we speak mathematically. Hmm. Because we'll always come down to these sort of fundamental numbers that exist out there. 
That's crazy. And that that sort of couches our belief in what time is. So we start looking for like the perfect, you know, the perfect mass. Like what is one gram exactly equal to? Right. Mm -hmm. We start looking for like, well, how long really is a second? Right. What is what is a more perfect way of describing a second from one scientist to another? So that measurement itself, in a way, almost becomes its own science. Right. Because you can back it out from the constant. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So now we no longer need like the flow of a river or say, I mean, we can use those as easy methods. Right. But now that I know that there's a physical constant called the acceleration of gravity, I can back out how long a second is in this system based on how long it takes something to fall. And because that constant exists, it doesn't matter to anybody else. Right? It doesn't matter how right. anyone else describes a second or where I am or anything else. Because that acceleration will always That's be the, the same. Proof. Right. And so I can always find what a second is. And so from that really is how we get to modern day timekeeping, right? So we start, uh -huh. we start building basically more and more advanced methods of measuring um, that second mm -hmm. or that moment, really, that the distance in time. And we sort of forget all that other weird stuff for a little bit. We're, we're kind of like, okay, well, clearly time is a real thing. It exists. It, it, there must be a reference point back there someplace. Who knows what it is? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's creation. Maybe it's the Big Bang. Whatever. We're not going to worry about it. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this idea that time, a second, is defined as like a universal constant someplace out there, that, that retains. That, that idea sticks around. All of this makes sense. All of this is like, okay, this makes perfect sense. Everything is great. Check. Until we start doing experiments with electromagnetism. What? And then suddenly our description of time as like a physical constant that exists out there someplace that must relate back to these physical, uh, these physical values that are true regardless of where we are or who we are or whatever. Uh-huh. Those start getting questioned in a huge way. Come and on. it's from those theories and the math that relates from them that we get into kind of the modern world where time travel suddenly becomes possible again. <sighs> and that's where we'll pick up next episode. I was just getting out my giant candle, dude. Damn it. I'm sorry, Marie. That's all right. Whatever. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. No. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod or at Team Giant Squid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. 
Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. Woo-hoo. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. The force that I had to give it is related to the height that it can achieve. Mm. <coughs> oh, how about we talk about force, dude? Oh, give me a second. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh-oh. <coughs> oh, my God. Oh, what is my problem right now, Marie? Dude, what's going on with you? Are you okay? I'm sneezing. Wow. <laughs> you scared me there. It's still I'm not. I'm not. Ex- I'm not uh, oh, give me a moment. All right. Allergies, man. Oh, digging in some cough drops. It's going good. Oh, God. Are you getting sick? I hope not. How would you be getting sick? You're not. You should be going out. I'm not going out. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <coughs> Uh-oh. I stay inside with my cat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Borg's looking at you like, yeah, it's my <sighs> fault. Sure. It's definitely Borg's fault. Sure, asshole. Sure. That's what they're saying. She's the only one in this house going out. <clears throat> okay, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs>